Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you don't want no dessert? Not for me. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Brought to you by Xtend. X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Hello, Tone. Hello. How are you? Great. What would you like to speak about today? Uh, Plenty. Plenty. Uh, There's obviously a ton going on. The Urban (laughs) Meyer stuff. The Case Keenum uh, stuff, which I'm being told... He's like some worthless quarterback now by a lot of Browns fans comparing him to Baker Mayfield when I don't know how many more numbers do I need to to show people that say since 2017 well, their numbers are pretty similar. I'm kind of glad you brought that. I mean, that, that it's is incredible a, to me. That is a killer topic for tomorrow. And I kind of like we could argue it out now and talk to people about it now or, you know, talk to each other about it now. But it's like, gosh, I really want to save that for the regular show because, mm-hmm. I mean, you brought it up like right and then like all of a sudden like. Because, you know, we were ending the show. What is what is that sound? Is that me? Yeah, what was that? I think I, that was you. That was me? We got new setups, so I don't know if that was a phone or something. We're in a different room. Yeah, sorry. You might hear some crazy stuff. So, anyway, um, you brought that up. And, like, you know, it's like, I don't want to sound like it's like landing the plane, but we just had two guests back-to-back, so it's like, you know, the calls kind of clear out and things like that. And, and I'm kind of doing the inside baseball stuff, but... You know, it's kind of like, okay, we're going to end the show, and, and well, we have a couple of things to bring. And then you brought that up, and it's like, oh, God, there's fire here. And people started getting in about Case Keenum. I'm like, I can't I can't take any of these guys. I'm sorry. And so, there, like, there was a little bit of heat. And I, I do. I really do think, Tone, that there are a lot of people who they don't want to hear. They, they don't want to hear anything about Case Keenum, Baker's their guy, or they just don't want to have the argument. Like, if Case Keenum goes out there and just conducts himself – as a professional quarterback, they don't want to have that argument whatsoever. They don't want to do it. It's like, and I kind of agree with you. It's like, I don't know, like, unless he goes out there and throws for 404 touchdowns and they just blow an opponent away, I don't think there's any conversation really. But maybe I'm wrong. Go ahead. Well, I'm just, I'm just pointing to that since Case played in Minnesota, once he was there, they kind of found out what he does well, what he doesn't do well. Yeah. And he was a system guy. And his lows, because where was the the year he went after Minnesota? It was not good. Was that uh, Philadelphia? Mm -hmm. Oh, Denver. I'm sorry. Yeah, that did not go well. His lows are just like Baker's lows. His highs are not as high as Baker, but overall his numbers since 2017 are right on par with Baker because Baker's had two now really bad years. 
he's had one really good year, but even that good year uh, was was fragmented with, what, six or seven bad games, then eight good games. His rookie year was just up and down all the way around. Yeah. Baker, in terms of, like, he had the high touchdown mark, but he had some really bad games his rookie year, too, as a rookie quarterback should. That's not, I'm not using that against him. I'm just saying now that uh, their, their overall careers are, are not all that, that different. And yet people are like, did you see Case Keenum playing the Denver game? And I'm like, well, that was on no notice, basically no snaps. Because remember, Baker tried to gut it out there. That's right. During the week and try to practice. So That's Case right. really didn't practice with the first team. And then they're like, oh, can you start? Okay. And he went in and what they score? 17 points. And yep. the, the memorable moment was him taking off and running to get that first down. Uh, using his body as a battering ram. It was it was actually a really good play. It was an amazing play. I don't don't think I would advise him to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know how you use the Denver game against him. What? Because he doesn't throw the ball deep, guys. There there are other things. Like Joe Burrow does not have the deep ball that Baker Mayfield does. I mean, he can throw dimes and everything, but he doesn't have the the deep ball. But I bet you most GMs today would say they'd take Joe Burrow over Baker Mayfield. Uh, I don't know if that's such a controversial thing to say. Um, I bet a lot would right now. I, I think they would. I, I worry about. Joe, I do worry about Joe Burrow for his future. About him being banged up. Like, who, could he become like a Jimmy Garoppolo figure to some? But I don't know. There's some special qualities you see out of that guy where it's like, man, you you never know when they're going to be able to touch that greatness there. But um, I, I think tomorrow's going to be that kind of argument because I I do I think there's Baker people who they have been 100% with Baker the whole time and i think this whole argument has kind of like made them dig in even further like it it is it it it's gotten a little bit weird out there and i know that people have sent us the texts and tweets of of certain people out it's like hey you know they're allowed to be fans of certain players that's okay no big deal i i don't think that i don't think that andrew Barry is going to allow any of that type of thing to happen so we'll see exactly what they do during the off season all right that all being said so What's the name of this guy? Damn it, I wrote it down and now I don't have it. Travis who? The kid who the kid who flipped from Florida State to Jackson State. Jackson State and HBCU uh where De- Deion Sanders is the head coach. Travis Edwards, I think his name is. And Travis Hunter. Hunter, thank you. Lord almighty. See, I Lyman and I do not pay that close of attention to recruiting. Travis Hunter. He is the number, he's a five-star, the number, depending on who you're looking at, I guess number one or number two overall prospect in all the country in terms of, of where they could go. He was committed to Florida State the whole way through, and then yesterday he did like a hat thing. He put on the Florida State hat, then took the hat off and chucked it. Like gave, Well, it didn't chuck him, but he gave it like a flick. And then he put on the Jackson State hat, unzipped it. He was at Jackson State, and it like blew everybody away. Now, you know Barstool's behind this, and I, I don't care. It, it, I, I know that people are like, well, some of it might be illegal. I, I don't know. Some of the blue checkmark people can go after Barstool if they want. I don't care. How much does this change college football? I know Doug uh, – I want to say Doug Deacon. Doug Deacon is not on Twitter. Doug Gottlieb got killed. Because he basically said that this guy was making – well, he didn't basically say it. He said it was making the mistake of a lifetime uh, mm. going to Jackson State and not going to Florida State. He said he was making the mistake of a lifetime. I want to know – I know where I'm out on this. Where do you come out on this? Uh, I would say that good for him for getting the money 
And if that was the most important thing, and for a lot of people that is the most important thing, get the money while you can get the money, while you're young enough to do it and it's available because you never know when it's not going to be available, uh, then then good for him. Congratulations. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. That is a lot of hard work uh, put in and a big-time, big-time reward there for such a young man. Uh, the I, you feel a butt coming because it is. Yeah, here it comes. The, the the butt is that this is probably not a good long term investment for him. This is short term thinking, which a lot of us fall prey to. A lot of us would do the exact same thing. So I can't sit here and tell you I would say no. I'm not going to take that money, and instead I'll go elsewhere. Now I do think I imagine this money was available to him elsewhere too. Maybe it wasn't the exact same amount, but. Uh, this this must be a throw of a lifetime for him to go play for Deion Sanders. I don't know if he – I doubt he grew up watching Deion Sanders. probably too young. But he had heard about the legend of Deion Sanders. Deion had a great year last year. I, yeah. I don't want to take anything away from Deion. Maybe he turns out to be a great coach. Maybe this is his last year at – is it Jackson State? Jackson I get it mixed, State. Yeah, Jackson State. Maybe, maybe he ends up having a great year, and then the Power Fives come a-calling, and maybe even the big boys come a-calling for Deion Sanders Jeez. if he's able to pull this off. Again, what a story that would be, Kenny. That would be an amazing story for someone mm-hmm. like him, as accomplished as him in, in various realms. But if you're asking me seriously if I think he'd be better off doing this or, say, going and playing at Alabama or Georgia with the best coaches, the best facilities, the best development, the contacts, the just everything you throw in, even – uh, even the just when I talk about the resources that those schools have over those historically uh, black schools, which I don't know if you've been following, there have been a lot of issues at those schools, unfortunately, uh, doing right by not only the athletes, but doing right by just the students in, in recent years. Seems like yeah. those schools just are, are run very cheap, run on a budget. You know, that's not going to be the case at Alabama. Like, you'll get the best medical attention. You'll get the best resources to help you. If you do want to pursue academics, they will throw everything at you. They'll allow you to do whatever you need to do. If you're asking me what's the better investment, I'd say go and play in Georgia or go and play at Alabama. Uh, I don't know about Florida State. You know, Florida State I don't think is always going to be in the dumps, but obviously he ended up spurning them, uh, leading some Florida State fans to burning their Deion Sanders jerseys, which is you and I have – talked about countless times that's just a desperate cry for attention for whoever's doing that yeah but i don't care if they do it i don't care you can set whatever you want to on fire it's your money don't set it on somebody else's yeah but they're not they're not doing it because they're that mad they're doing it because they want to go viral yeah which is weird yeah it's very weird it's been proven to be a dead end but either way go ahead yeah so so if i were in that guy's ear in that kid's ear i'd say all right what are the offers you have uh three point however many million what was it um, to go there, or, yeah, or 2. let's just say for the sake of argument, it's one million to go play for Nick Saban and Alabama. I'd say, look, short term, if you need the money, fine, do it, do it, go take the money, take care of your family and friends. But if you're looking at this as a ten-year investment, fifteen-year investment, I'd say go to Alabama. Now, that's not necessarily going to be the right choice because he go to Alabama, get injured, and that's it, and then he loses two million dollars. So I'm not, I'm not going to act naive. Some people need money earlier than I don't yeah. necessarily worried about the investment, but I could make a compelling case that this is not the best choice for him. That's all I'm saying. I, you are making a compelling case. I'll say this on his behalf. I don't know this kid from anything. No, I don't either. But, and I know you don't either. You are right about everything you said. I don't know what type of facilities they have at Jackson state. I can just about guarantee they're, they're not the same type of facilities at Florida state or any other major. 
Uh, I, you're right about training staff. You are right about everything else. Not, that's not to besmirch it. You get Everybody gets what we're saying. I don't need to go down that road. I think a lot of people are making a big deal about this for no reason. He will play as a freshman, a true freshman at Jackson State. He will get on-field experience. And after this year, he'll just go. He'll just go. I'm not. So, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if any of this, like, you know, people are talking about Deion Sanders being the head coach of Florida State in the future. I don't know if that's true. But I don't see this kid playing three years at Jackson State. No. He'll go and he'll he'll smoke the field at Jackson State as a freshman, and then he'll he'll take that money and he'll just go. And he'll go to Oklahoma or wherever he needs to go, and that'll be the end of that. So I, I, I don't think it's as crazy as what some other people say. If we're talking about some big money, I don't know his economic situation. Maybe his family needs money. We assume it because everybody needs money. So if he gets more money, then fine. If he gets hurt, that's a big issue. If there's bad coaching, which I, I'm i still skeptical about Deion Sanders as a head coach. I don't care. What, I know that what they were, 7-1 and one or 8-1, and one, and that's yeah, great. Year. But he wasn't even there for a couple of games. He wasn't even there. So, I mean, he could sit there and get as mad as he wants about all the stuff about saying whether or not he's a coach. I'm sure he's something, but I don't know. I mean, if you were an AD at a major Power 5 program, are you going to take him seriously? I don't think so. I really don't think so. And you could say, well, he got Trey, he got um Travis Hunter. Okay, great. But where's Travis Hunter going to be at the end of this year? Is he going to go to uh, is he going to go to one of the big time schools? He ain't staying at Jackson State for the next three years. And probably Dion's not trying to stay at Jackson State for the next three years. I don't know if Dion wants to be a coach. I don't know what Dion wants to do. And I'm a fan of Dion. But I, I think it's an overreaction on both sides. I think Travis Hunter will be probably more than fine. If he get injured, if he gets injured, he get injured at Jackson State just like he get injured at Florida State. And maybe, maybe Dion, maybe things don't go well for Mike Norvell. And Dion does become the head coach of Florida State. Then he'll just take this kid with him. <laughs> That's all he'll do. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I, I think by this time next year, I think this kid's making his plans to go to an SEC or ACC school, and that's it. And probably exploiting the college system. Because I don't know much about Barstool. I know they got deep pockets. I saw the I saw the rough and rowdy highlights. Did you see that by any chance? I, I've seen those over time. I, I saw some recent fights over the weekend. Right? Were yeah. those recent? Yeah. So yeah. I've seen I've seen those highlights of those fights. Basically, tough man. Yeah, it's yeah, it's basically what it is. I don't know. That's kind of interesting to me. But they got their money. No big deal. Um, he could take his money. That's fine. I, I think there's. I don't know what the long term ramifications are. I think what this is going to become is you're going to look at a guy like Travis Hunter. And say, did he buck the trend? Did he beat the system? Did he beat the system overall? Because I do think that there's going to be, just like anything else, there's a huge amount of people and a huge amount of programs getting in with money. A bunch of brands getting in with money. But over time, I think a lot of people are going to realize, is an 18-year-old really a great investment? There's a few that are. And there's a few that always will be. Are that many 18-year-olds really that great of an investment for your business, for NIL? And I think some of that money is going to probably dry up, and I think there's going to be cautionary tales as well. So if we go back to where it's the top five who are able to pay, just like it is now, uh, just like it was last year, then, yeah, a guy like Travis Hunter probably beat the system overall. 
and we could sit there and yell about it and be be upset. Lyman and I, you are not, you and I are not upset, but people can yell and scream and be upset about it. But I think that they just beat the system. And a guy like that, I don't think he should be used as an example for somebody. But I don't know if he's going to be used as a cautionary tale either. I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't think this is the end of the world. Uh, I think they're right now. What you're hearing from Dabo Sweeney, what you're hearing from a lot of these coaches, it's just how much tougher their job is. Which, of course. Fans are not going to care about these. These guys are so handsomely uh, rewarded for what they do. They're paid so much that nobody's going to feel bad for them. But, you know, I, I do wonder if these college coaches are going to think even more, despite what happened with Urban Meyer and maybe what's about to happen with Matt Rule and others, about whether or not the NFL is where they want to go because this this transfer portal stuff is exhausting. It's never going to end, and it's only going to get worse, and players are going to want to leave after two games and not getting on the field and other coaches are going to tamper and forget about trying to, it's going to be really hard to build that culture because players are not going to wait two years to three years like they used to, to try to get on the field. They're going to say, Oh, I didn't get on in the first two games. Their agent that they already have behind the scenes is going to say, no, I'll get you a transfer portal. We'll get you somewhere else. And then promises are going to be made with new staffs. And then you don't even know if you show up that next fall, if those staffs are going to be there like, there are going to be a lot of players that are going to be left high and dry in the transfer portal, and no one's going to feel bad for them either. Uh, and those agents will just move on to the next players. Uh, there's going to be a lot of players that are lost in the shuffle, and these players are all going to be told the grass is going to be greener on the other side, and it's not really going to be the case at all for these players because these coaches are all going to want what's next. Yeah. Uh, we're brought to you by Extend Technologies, X-T-E-N-D-A-V.com. Did you get a chance? I, I, I'm putting you in a bad spot. I just I can't stop bringing this up. Did you get a chance to read Doug Maurice between the end of the show and now? I, I on his column on Urban Meyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. You did? Okay, great. There was Meyer won by pushing staff members and players hard, leaning on mantras that asked for more than those around him thought possible, and never doubted himself. He won. He was right. He won more. He was more right. And teams desperate to improve accepted his demanding ways because the results were immediate. And then he goes in and he said, and that's why job number five lasted just 13 games. Meyer was fired Wednesday night because the 57-year-old NFL coach approached the job the same way a 37-year, the 37-year-old Mac coach did. And it didn't work right away. Losing changed the context around a coach who had only known winning, and he didn't adjust. We've spent a lot of time today on Urban Meyer. I think that about sums it up as much as, as, as you possibly can. I think Doug is right on about this. Your thoughts. So if I were to ask, where did it go wrong? And some people say, well, it never had a chance to work. I don't believe that. I, I, think, I think any coach can work. Why does Jim Harbaugh, who's considered really tough to work with, who's considered stubborn, who's considered obsessed with success, why did he go to the NFL and have it work just fine. Well, because he played in the NFL. Uh, Bill Belichick didn't play in the NFL. So what what was it about that that made that work? I, I think the only way this would have worked for Urban is if they got off to a good start. Mm-hmm. And with that roster, that was never going to happen. It just wasn't, especially – I mean, they get dealt the huge blow. Like, one of the first practices they lose was was uh, ETN a first-round pick? Yes. A second-round pick? First round. So already you had a team that – I mean, they were devoid of talent, and then you lose what was supposed to be an exciting playmaker. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence, let's look at Trevor. Yeah, you could say Urban Meyer put him in terrible positions, but 
I've I've seen a lot of the, the film studies that are out there of Trevor. They're like, yeah, he's been bad. He has not been able to make yep. even the easy throws. Uh, not a lot of high-level throws. Like Justin Fields has made way more high-level throws than Trevor Lawrence. So forget who your coaches are. I mean, Baker Mayfield, we all said had terrible coaching coming in. What did he do? He made high-level throws, and he gave his team a shot. Trevor Lawrence wasn't doing that. And so I think what, what he needed to have happen, he needed to have a buy-in instantly, and he lost that buy-in with maybe the Tim Tebow stuff. I thought that was – I thought that was overrated, mm-hmm. but maybe it did matter to those guys. Maybe they, they were all like, what the hell are you doing? How are you letting this dude uh, come out here? And you saw how bad it looked. Ken, it was laughable how bad the Tim Tebow stuff was, yes. uh, actually on film. It, it was it was like middle school level. I just I didn't make it that big of a deal about the Tebow stuff. I, I didn't. I, I've seen a lot of coaches bring in their, their pet cats, their favorites, I know he's a very, very, very popular guy. I just didn't think it was as big a deal as of all the things that everybody made big deals about. I didn't make a big deal about it. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You were saying, uh, just, just overall, was it that he was hard on his assistant coaches? I mean, why would you want to go work for Urban Meyer if you weren't ready for that? We knew that's what he did. He yeah. was insufferable with his assistants. That was. That was true in college. It's just they won, so those assistants knew they'd be getting better jobs. So maybe that was a mistake. I mean, what do you think it was? Do you like treating the special teams guys like subhuman? I've heard that a lot from big time NFL coaches. I've heard that over the years from a lot of guys, but he doesn't have the pedigree of a winner in the NFL. So maybe they didn't have. The, the taste for that. Maybe I, Urban Meyer works 20 years ago in the NFL and not with today's kids that have grown up to be in the NFL where you can't be hard on that. I want to know, and, and I kind of want to go back to Saban with the Dolphins because people think Saban was a failure. He took the Dolphins to the playoffs. The Dolphins, since Don Shula and a little bit with Dave Wanstead, they, they are not a successful football team. I mean, they had a little bit of success with Wanstead, like one playoff appearance with Sperano. Then you had Nick Saban. Nick Saban, oh, I, I think they were a playoff team at 10-6. and six. I think they went to the playoffs. I think they did. Oh, oh, and look it up. Maybe they got close and they didn't get in. I they, thought they were 10-6. That, that was the year that Chad Pennington was there, right? I believe so. They did. The Jets didn't yeah. make it. They made okay, it Okay, so yeah. I, I didn't think it was crazy. Like, Saban, if he would have got his quarterback, who knows what Saban's going to do? Saban was not terrible at Miami, and that's one of the things that people write because, yeah, Saban said he wasn't going to be the next head coach of Alabama and then turned and went to Alabama. But he wasn't terrible. What did Saban do? Because ever, Or maybe just it, Nick Saban was a great coach, but he wasn't Nick Saban yet. Because Urban Meyer was always seen – Urban Meyer was always seen as arrogant. And I told you for a bunch of reasons I didn't think it was going to work out. And I told you years ago because every time the Browns had a job opening, which was basically every year or every other year, Urban Meyer would get brought up. And I never thought he would work, and I thought that the adjustments, the in-game stuff, and yes, the taxing amount of change that needs to happen and the losing would get to him there. But there seemed to be some people, I'll admit this, there seemed to be some people going, he's arrogant, he's won a bunch of college, he doesn't know what it's like here, and we're going to stick it to him. We're going to stick it to him in the NFL. That's fine. I mean, everybody wants to stick it to everybody in the NFL. No big deal. But it just killed him. In the course of three months, three months, not even that, it was it was getting ugly. And I think that a lot of people, they didn't want to give it a chance in the first place. Then you hear these horror stories, 
And a guy like him, maybe he was just arrogant and he thought he was going to do something like that. But I, I've rarely seen it because I think Doug is as right as it gets. All this stuff worked at BG, Utah, Florida, Ohio State. But there, you are a messiah. You are a savior. And it's just a different atmosphere in the NFL. It has to be a partnership in the NFL. And I think it was almost like Belichick does it, but he doesn't have to do it anymore, but he does it. And he has that reputation because it's been 20 years. Urban was, I mean, Urban was 20 weeks. It was not great. And maybe people just already wanted to turn it off because they were skeptical towards it. What'd you got Well, it's me? not like, even the Messiah thing. It's, oh. it's, you're a father figure for most of those. They're kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And some of them have either it's their first time out of the house or maybe they didn't have a parental, you know, the 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 way that they maybe wanted a parental figure growing up. And it's so anything that that guy says, they're going to go with no matter what, because they finally have somebody that's either helping them along in their journey, breaking away from, you know, childhood or giving them the attention that maybe they haven't seen for a while. And then you get to the NFL, and it's a totally different deal. Like, I wonder if he would have went to – if he would have went to um, a known winner. You understand what I'm saying? Like, okay, what if what if Jerry Jones would have done with him what he did for – what he did with Bill Parcells? Where Bill Parcells – I know Bill Parcells is a pro guy, and he knows how to pick him, and he knows about talent evaluation. So maybe it's different. But say just for, – for this sake – Jerry Jones goes, here's the talented team. I'm washing my hands of it. Away you go. There's no way Urban Meyer's fired right now, is he? <laughs> like, he's got talent. Like, the losing. Because yeah. you think about that. He's never lost like this in his life. I told you. He's never lost like this in his, in his life. So a control freak, which every coach is, they're just going to probably get more controlling, are they not? And he's looking at this organization going, this organization sucks. They need a kick in the ass, and I'm here to do it. Go ahead. Well, not only that. I mean, the, the stuff about his assistant coaches, belittling his assistant coaches, um, when you look at that that coaching, the, the just a group of assistants that they assembled, it's not a good staff. I mean, you look at who's the interim coach right now? Is it Bevel? Yeah, Daryl Bevel. Yeah, I mean, come on. There, there weren't a lot of teams that were that were looking to – Annoyed him in 2021. Yeah. And this was the staff that was assembled, and people were adamant that Urban didn't choose this staff, that it was kind of forced on him either way, which I, I don't understand that. But if, if, if that was the case, either way, overall, you look up and down, this staff was not an impressive staff. So it doesn't surprise me that Urban Meyer feels like he's working with a bunch of incompetent people right off the bat. <laughs> That's not good. There's some, some major red flags there. And – you know, Urban, I was really curious if he was going to delegate or what he was going to do because a lot of the stuff that, you know, he ran successfully in college when they when they thought Urban was very innovative. You have to go back to the Florida years and the yeah. Bowling Green years. At Ohio State, everyone had caught up, so there wasn't really innovation at that at that level. But a lot of those college concepts had now been working in the NFL, especially with mobile quarterbacks. What did they have? They had a mobile quarterback with Trevor Lawrence and – I wondered if it was going to be Urban running the show offensively or or delegating. And I think we're going to hear a lot of, uh, in terms of those stories and where those failures existed and why they existed coming up in the next few days. And, and I, You're already seeing. Uh, there's one report that Urban said he had a better coaching staff at Bowling Green than he did Ooh. 
this year in Jacksonville. And I went back and looked, and I'm like, ah, you might have a point. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys. That, I mean, Dan Mullen was there wow. at Bowling Green. Uh, obviously, the next Bowling Green coach was there, and Greg Brandon, okay. uh, the offensive line coach uh, that ended up being pretty prominent offensively. I can never pronounce his name. Greg Struder. Okay. Yeah, uh, I know th- what you're th- talking that about. That was another one. Just plenty of guys. I, okay. I I see where you're coming off at. And I, I think for Urban Meyer, and this is where maybe the arrogance comes in. Now, I'm kind of working out something I might end up doing on Saturday morning. Is... You know, he he goes to Bowling Green. You know, when he goes to Bowling Green, maybe he does. I don't know what his cupboard was. He had to know he had some talent. Like, they had to turn around. He had to know he had something there. And the same thing with Utah. And when he goes to Florida, like, you look at what he inherited. Ron Zook was the guy who got fired right before Urban, right? Ron Zook is one of the best recruiters in the country at that time. There was never a question about Ron Zook and being able to bring in talent. Hell, he did it with it when he was uh, in Illinois after that. Mm-hmm. So he was always able to bring in talent. And Urban had to know he had a loaded roster. And Ohio State goes without saying. Like, there is something for the selection of, of him going to his next job. And then this is just totally different. And this is where, like, the arrogance comes into this. Like, how many different wide receivers did he have at one point at the beginning of camp? Like, 17? Oh, yeah. Like, something ridiculous. And it just makes you think, going, what did you really think you were going to do? And this goes back to the thing that you and I have talked about. And I, I don't know if you've disagreed with me about this. I think there's such a thing as, as different coaches for different levels. Like Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell gets those guys to play. They will draft and they will build and it's going to take a few years. And they'll just cast Dan Campbell aside eventually. And they'll get the coach that they think can get them to the next level. I think that happens in a lot of organizations. I don't think every coach is hired. I don't think every coach, it's a nice hope, but I don't think every coach is hired with the dream of winning a Super Bowl. I think that maybe Urban Meyer bit off more than he can chew with this one. And again, if he were hired in Dallas, if he were hired, if he were hired in Seattle, I, you know, I don't know. I'm just thinking of good competitive teams. If he were hired by those teams, where would he be right now? Certainly not fired. Certainly not fired. And, mm. th- and, and thinking of it even more, I, I I did this with with Antonio Brown. I'll do this with you. There might be such a thing as self sabotage. I've never seen him act this way. So you think he you think he started going down his path once he knew there was no chance or for a long time that this was going to come out of the other side of the looking I, good. I wonder. Like he's had that bar for how long? You're really going to sit there and let that girl do that? Right, right you, with, with you, knowing that exactly. people are around that know you know who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you're in a public place. It's odd. It is so odd. Like, these guys, he's not, listen, I, I'm not trying to get in his bedroom. He does what he does. Who knows? Maybe he's always been a saint and he had one moment a week. I have no idea. But you can't, there's no way. There's no way a person who's that prominent and that public is that stupid. And I think there is a level of self-sabotage where people will get in their own way because they just don't want to do what they're doing anymore. And they have all – Antonio Brown had millions and millions and millions of dollars sitting at home. Does he really want to practice every day? Mm. Does he really want to play for the Raiders? Does he really want to play for teams that he doesn't think are going to give him a championship? No, but he'll go and he'll play with Tom Brady. And then you see what's happening. He got his championship, and now what's he doing? Assing off, doing silly things again. And I, I think with Urban Meyer, 
yeah, I can do this. This is great. And then you, you really get into it going, oh, my God, look at this. You really figure out that the, your arrogance, your, your mindset isn't just going to take this team to another level. It's going to take real serious work. So what, what is the damage to the legacy here? Does he have to coach again and win for this to be forgotten? Will it ever be forgotten? Will it just be in the Nick Saban vein where we don't really talk about the NFL mm-hmm. experience all that much and still call him one of the greatest coaches of football ever? You wait a minute, you go on TV, and then we'll see where it goes. What you got to own on? up to your mistakes, too. Yes. You can't, you oh, can't yeah. just never do a sit-down. He's got to, at some point, oh. sit down with a, a Bob Costas, a, an Anthony Lima. He has to sit down with somebody. I think he sits there as long as he – as long as he – like, you can always say – like, Lee Corso – this has gotten a little bit weird with College Game Day recently, but Lee Corso's talked about his failures. Uh, Lee Corso's talked about how great he, like the, the whole joke about taking a picture in front of the scoreboard at Indiana and things like that. He's talked about his failures and his successes and how he was an outside the box coach. Like, you got to be open and willing to talk about that type of thing. And then people start to forget over time. And I think that, it, say he's on TV for a decade or something like that, I, I think people, if they warm up to Urban, maybe people look a different way. But there's some of the stuff where. There's certain likable guys, and there's certain guys that just aren't likable, and I don't know how else to say it. Like, Lane Kiffin has had some ugliness in there, and Lane Kiffin makes everybody laugh. Everybody laughs at Lane Kiffin. Everybody thinks he's funny. Nick Saban has just been too damn successful. There's nothing you'd say about Nick Saban. Jim Tressel just has this likability, this this father figure type of thing, and then you look back on what happened, you go, ah, really, that wasn't that big of a deal. Like, there's certain guys they just haven't, and for whatever reason, Urban Meyer is a villain He's just this cold villain. And frankly, Tone, he's probably no different than all these guys. You know, he's probably no different than any of these other, these, the, the top flight, win at all cost, you are a tool in the system, a cog in the system type of coaches. He's probably no different than any of them. It's just, he's got that look that we get very mad about. Yeah, by the way, somebody texted me. They go, well, you know, if Luke Fickle, if Ryan Day ends up leaving and Luke Fickle goes to Ohio State, what about Cincinnati? I go, if they're willing to hire Tommy Tuberville, they're yeah. willing to hire Urban Meyer. Well, Absolutely. That would be fun. Absolutely. That would be a hoot. That'd be a blast in the state. For the first time in our lives, Lima, we might actually have some good old-fashioned rivalry with a team in the state. <laughs> Think about that. It's never happened in our lifetime, and really has never happened probably, period, with the exception of – in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, that's it. All right, boy, that would be that would be absolutely tremendous. I, I don't know, awesome. I don't know what the appetite is for these programs right now That'd to do something awesome. like this, but in a year, in 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 two years' time, mm-hmm. I just can't see Urban, even with all that money, I can't see Urban just not wanting to coach. These coaches just don't give it up. How many coaches retire that early? I mean, when Jimmy Johnson probably could have coached uh, for for quite a while longer, but he decided, hey, I'm going to live on a boat. In the keys, like that's pretty good life. <laughs> yep. But is Urban ready to do that? Yep. I don't. I don't think he is. I, I don't think he is. I think. I think that you're right about that. Did you ever see the football life for Jimmy Johnson? Yeah. Oh yeah. Great stuff. I was always a fan. Of, I was a fan. Of, my uncle was a huge Cowboys fan. I liked Jimmy Johnson when I was a kid. How could you not? I, Owen doesn't like Jimmy Johnson because Owen because he was the head coach at a. You know. So are we Oklahoma State? So are we going to summarily dismiss every college coach wanting to coach in the NFL now, or like say Cliff Kingsbury wins the Super Bowl this year? Then what does that do to the discussion? I mean, that was a failed college coach. Totally agree. I think it opens it up. I I think that a lot of college. I want to see what happens here. 
are you willing to are you willing to change with the times? You know, like a guy would Dabo Sweeney adjust well to the NFL? Dabo? Yeah. I don't know. Mm. You got to really adjust. Yeah. Um I don't know. I I think it <sighs> I think that some of these guys, some of these guys, I, I hate to sigh because it's like, oh, I'm, I'm groping for answers. I think some of these guys might make some sense. So let me ask you, like Kevin Stefanski, hmm. um, and we can't call him a successful head coach yet, but trending was trending in that direction and has a chance to make the playoffs this year. And I think if you make if you make the playoffs two straight years with the Browns, I think that's already considered uh, a successful stint. But why? What what was it about Stefanski that made you think he could work in the NFL? What was it? I mean, he didn't play in the NFL, right? Yeah, his dad was a professional sports executive, but that doesn't necessarily mean you could coach. Uh, was it that he was an assistant for 10 years and worked his way up from basically an intern all the way up? I mean, he only called plays for one full season before he got the nod to be a head coach and play caller in the, in the NFL. I, I just think we look for this to be like a science, and it isn't. I, I it just th- I isn't. I think you're right. I, I think you're right. I, I think there's different levels to everything. I think there's, you know, it's a people thing. And as much as much as we want to turn these into spark scores and analytics, it's a people business. How do you get those people to work? How do you get those people to do what you, what you need them to do? How do you motivate? How do you how do you hit the gas? How do you let off the gas? And, and honestly, I, I think part of this, this goes back to the old George Washington thing of, no one when to get out. You know, I think for, for some of this, I think some coaches, like you've seen this with, I don't want to bring this up as an example, but I have to. My old high school football coach got out. They weren't necessarily, they played a lot of overtime games this year, and this is a weird example, I know, but go with me on this tone. They weren't as good as what they've been for the last decade. Steve Trevisano over at Menor gets out. They're not as good. But they're still good. I mean, these are proud programs here. You're going to mention Ignatius? Igna- Chuck Kyle will be gone after this year. We'll see what type of team they have at Ignatius after this coming year. Like, there is something to know when, to get out when the getting's good. And that, yeah, I'd like to stick around for another three years, four years, but mm, maybe it's time I hang them up. And with the amount of money that's being paid, now we're, I'm talking about high school football there as opposed to guys making tens now of millions of dollars, but... Is there a time where you know to save your own ego, to save your own legacy, when to get out? You know, Mel Tucker. Hey, the last three years have been a little bit rough. Maybe I. Maybe it's been it's been seven great years here at Michigan State. Maybe it's time to step away. That type of thing. You get what mm-hmm. I'm saying, Tone? And just knowing when to do it. I think you'll see more of that. Guys who like Chris Peterson. We keep bringing Chris Peterson up. Does it surprise any? Like Jimmy Lake is a goof. I get that. But does it surprise anybody that Washington has not been Washington since Chris, since Chris mm-hmm. Peterson? I think there's something in knowing when you get out. So we'll bring that up over the next several years, I'm sure. Lima, uh, XTENDAV.com, Extend Technologies. Um, you're a wonderful, wonderful man. Thank you very much for everything you do for me. Okay. Was that a weird way to end the show? How yes. weird was that? It was very weird. It's just so weird to not see you. This sucks. Can you I got come? a weird. I got a weirder way. Oh yeah, what's that? I have COVID. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.